This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 59th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Today, we're going to talk about three practical ways that you can dial down the stress. Are there any stressed out moms out there? Okay, I'm going to tell on myself. This Sunday, I had a big speaking gig. It was a district meeting for National Charity League, and it had 14 chapters. I was so excited about um, speaking to all these moms. There were going to be 750 moms there. I was just, I was stoked. I worked hard on my talk. And for some reason, I didn't pick up that it wasn't just mothers, that half the audience would be teenage girls. The talk that I had written wasn't actually going to be great for half the audience being teenage girls. So I ended up giving a real different talk. And I had a blast. But today, I'm going to give you the talk that I thought I was going to give this group. I started off a talk showing a YouTube video of actually a song I wrote called All Mothered Out. And you can find that on YouTube. So just Google Colleen O'Grady All Mothered Out and you can watch my video. It's a silly video about all the things that stress us out as mothers and how we get all mothered out about it and how we all want to escape to a deserted island. So this is how I started my talk off. How many of you ever dreamed of just escaping the family drama and going to some remote island that doesn't have any cell service and just relax by beautiful clear water and drink some fancy fruity drink that has an umbrella in it? And why would we want to escape our comfortable homes? Is we want to get away from the stress, right? Well, I wish I could take you there. It would be such a lovely way to dial down the stress. But here you are. You probably just dropped your kids off at school. So that won't work. But I'm going to talk about three tried and true ways that you can dial down the stress. You can dial down the stress by one, being kind to yourself, two, dialing down the drama, and three, being intentional instead of reactive. All right, the first one is you can dial down the stress by being kind to yourself. So why do I start with you, Mom? Because if you're not kind to yourself, you will not be kind to your daughter. 
I remember when my daughter was 11, I was super busy, and I didn't take good care of myself back then. And I would rush from one thing to another. And you know how it is, Mom, when you're really, really busy? You don't have time for one more thing on your plate. And if someone puts one more thing on your plate, oh my gosh, you can go ballistic. So I came home, and my daughter was there, and so I asked her, so what do you have going on? And then she tells me she has this huge project due the next day and that she needed me to go to the store and get her some things. And so it's like, oh, my gosh. And so I said, okay. And I said, okay, so get your homework done, uh, clean your room, so then you can just focus on your project when I get back. So I rush, rush, rush. I walk in the door. And my daughter is laying on the sofa watching SpongeBob. And so I asked her in a very kind of manicky way, so Kate, did you get your homework done? I mean, is your room clean? And she said, no. Well, this, the combination of me not taking care of myself and rushing, 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 and her doing nothing, um, let's just say I was not very kind to her. There are many ways to be kind to yourself, but I'm going to focus on two ways that we're not kind to ourselves and how to turn that around. So one, you're not kind if you rush from one thing to another and never have a break. How many of you feel that you're rushing from one thing to another and not ever having one minute to transition? So if you were in my audience, I would say, raise your hand. And I would bet there would be a lot of people raising their hands. In our culture, we're so scheduled that we have very little downtime. And actually, having a little downtime feels like we're being lazy, if, especially if we don't have every second booked. The truth is, is that we desperately need downtime. Our brains need it. Scientists say that sleep is to the body as downtime is to the brain. And when I say downtime, I mean unstructured and unfocused time, where your mind can drift and wander around. And we're not getting that in our digital age. Because if we have five minutes, what do we reach for? You got it. We reach for our phones. And that still is very stimulating, and we're getting a rush of information and rush of, of stimulation to our brains, and it's not giving our brain the rest it needs. See, we need downtime to process our feelings, to process what happened during the day, to process our emotions. And as you know, this is a huge problem for your teens. And downtime is the natural way to de-stress. Without it, every day we're just accumulating stress, accumulating stress, accumulating stress all throughout the week. And when you finally have a chance to not have kind of this focused time, unfortunately, it's when we go to bed. And how many moms, we have a hard time going to sleep because we go, oh my gosh, this happened during the day, and how could she say that? And that's when we, a lot of times, start processing our day. Unfortunately, that is when our downtime is. So that's not working for us. Without natural ways to de-stress, our teens reach for substances. They reach for the alcohol and drugs. 
and cigarettes and vaping. And parents, we're kind of the same. If we don't have downtime, we reach for the wine. Now, I'm all for a nice glass of wine, but this never should be a substitute for downtime. We should find natural ways to de-stress. I know many of you are saying, I just don't have time. Here's a very practical suggestion that everyone who is listening to this podcast can do. I know y'all are busy, but you have five minutes. That five minutes that you're looking at Instagram or Facebook. You can take a five-minute pause. So one thing that I'm kind of guilty about is I often rush to the office, like right when my client gets there. And that's not very kind. I found that if I just gave myself five minutes to get to work, to settle down, drink my coffee, relax for a second, that it was a much kinder way to start my day. So moms, one thing that you can do is give yourself five minutes when you're transitioning. So if it's five minutes before work, five minutes after work, if you're coming home from a meeting or you're coming home from work or the grocery store, you don't have to rush right into the house. Just take five minutes. You can do a little five-minute meditation, listen to your favorite song, or just even rest your head on that steering wheel and breathe for five minutes. Another thing you can do is take a five-minute pause in the morning, mid-morning, and mid-afternoon. And during that time, you know, you can shut the door at work, you can shut the door to the bathroom, you can shut the door to your bedroom, and do deep breathing, that diaphragmatic breathing. And that is the quickest way to help your stressed out sympathetic nervous system calm down. And you'll be amazed at what five minutes can do. Just pick out some meditation music or listening to waves, and you don't have to do it perfectly, but I guarantee even if your mind is rushing all over the place in that five minutes, you are going to feel clear after you do that. Five minutes can make a big difference. Two, you're not kind if you live like a mother machine. A mother machine is where you feel like your family doesn't care about you or how you feel or what you need. They just care that you get stuff done. A mother machine neglects her physical, emotional, and spiritual health, plus all those wonderful facets that make her unique. One mom told me, I push through my day ignoring my feelings, and I just never sit down. And that's not kind. And we fall into that trap because of those powerless parenting messages that I talk about in my book and any chance I get that we pick up from our culture. And the reason they're called powerless parenting messages is because these powerless parenting messages influences us how we live and how we parent, and they leave us feeling powerless. A very common one is that it's selfish to pay attention to me. So, you know, I talk to moms literally all over the country and actually all over the world, and this is just a common one. We just feel down deep that if we pay attention to our needs, it's selfish, or we believe that we need to put our needs last on the list, but we never get through our list, and so our needs get bumped to the curb. And when we live that way, we live like a mother machine. 
And when we live like a mother machine, we are not happy. And we are resentful. And we are edgy. And we are exhausted. And no one wins. If you've been living like a mother machine year after year after year, it's damaging to your physical body and to your soul and to your heart. And there may be some of you out there that has deep grief and resentment or have some serious depression or anxiety, um, feeling trauma, have no energy, having a hard time getting through the day. You can't remember the last time you had fun. You just kind of feel numb and flat. Well, I have a resource for you. Right now, I do a lot of mom coaching with my listeners, but there's some of you out there that need more than that. You need to work on yourself. So let me tell you about a resource that can help you out. And that's called BetterHelp, which has online counseling that is there for you. They have licensed professional counselors in a safe and private online environment. It's super convenient. You don't even have to leave the house. It's really affordable. And if for any reason you don't click with your counselor, then you can request another counselor at any time. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across 50 states. You can have your sessions over the phone or by video. You don't have to wait a month to get started. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. So Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code PARENTING. So why not get started today? So go to betterhelp.com slash parenting. You don't need to feel terrible or suffer any longer. Um... You just have to simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and then they match you with a counselor that you'll love. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash parenting. Okay, back to our episode. So it doesn't work to believe that it's selfish to pay attention to you. You are kind to yourself when you believe it's crucial to pay attention to me because I would be a crazy woman if I didn't. So it is crucial to pay attention to me. It's kind when you don't wait for someone to give you permission. I can tell you that your teenage daughter or your teenage son is not going to give you permission. You need to claim it, girlfriend. Some of you may be thinking, I I don't even know where I would start. So I love this question. And I've talked about this in my other podcasts. But just ask yourself... If I was kind to myself, I would, and then fill in the blank. And do that 10 times. Just write down, if I was kind to myself, I would. And the reason I love this question is because it's doable and practical. I remember talking to a young mom once, and I said, you know, if you're kind to yourself, and she would say, I would go to bed earlier. And I asked her that again, and she goes, well, I would take a nap. I asked her one more time, if I was kind to myself, I would, she said, sleep in. So this mom needed sleep. Two, dial down the stress by dialing down the drama. In the seventh chapter of my book, Dial Down the Drama, it's titled, Why Your Daughter or Your Son is Hardwired for Drama and Why It's Not Personal. Have you ever had a what was he or she thinking moment? Well, I go into that a lot in my book. It's so important to know what's going on in their brain so you can parent effectively. 
your daughter is going to have drama. Your son is going to have drama. So mom, I'm going to lean on you right now to dial down the drama. I talked about this in one of my other podcasts, but moms can dial down the drama by avoiding harsh startups and start using softer startups. John Gottman, a psychologist, stated that 94% of the time the way a conversation starts predicts how it will end. So it's important to become aware of how you start a conversation with your teen. Because moms, often we're busy and we fall into that trap of being a 24-7 monitor, which is not a dialogue with your teen. It is a monologue sounding like, you need to get up, you need to eat your breakfast, we need to get in the car. When that 24-7 monitor is stressed, she tends to use harsh startups. Let's say, mom, you've had a super busy day and you are stressed and you don't have much time. There's a good chance that you will not start the conversation in a positive way. John Gottman says a harsh startup feels like an attack and puts the listener in defensive mode. You walk in your teen's room and your daughter's watching Grey's Anatomy. And in the middle of a very intense love scene, you blurt out, What is wrong with you? I asked you to clean your room days ago and you wouldn't even know if a pack of rats lived in here. Your daughter feels pounced on and will feel like the attack came out of nowhere. She feels criticized when she hears, what's wrong with you? And she feels mocked about the pack of rats. She's going to totally miss the message, clean your room, because she is upset and her attention goes to you saying there was something wrong with her and grossed out thinking about a pack of rats in her room. You think that what you said will motivate her to clean her room, that she just needed a bigger, louder reminder to get it done, but I promise you this will tick her off and she will dig her heels in and not clean her room. Not using harsh startup feels like a spiritual discipline. A soft startup leaves the criticism out and is descriptive, and it's a lot more clear. Like, yesterday I asked you to clean your room and you said you would. Let me be more clear. If your room isn't cleaned, you can't go out with your friends tonight. It's your choice. This sticks to the point that you want her to clean her room. Which brings me to the second point. Your clarity dials down the drama. I'm going to make the point that venting is not clarity. Your teen may not be clear about things pertaining school, but he or she is 100% clear about what they want to do on the weekends, how they want to dress. However, moms tend to be 85% clear and about 15% fuzzy. And there are many reasons we can get fuzzy, like we are so busy it's hard to stay on top of things, or we get just worn down by our teens. They use a plethora of tactics to distract us, and we doubt ourselves, which I talk a lot about in my book. This fuzzy part is what gets us in trouble. And even though we may be 85% clear, that 15% fuzzy opens the door to drama. That 15% fuzzy part in you is enough to open a big door to drama. And when you combine being upset, exhausted with a fuzzy, you have a mother lecture. Let's say your teen strolls in an hour after curfew. You're stressed. You've been imagining the worst possible scenario. And you say, where have you been? And she says something like, mom, I'm sorry. You know, I was at Brittany's. My phone died. 
At this moment, you are upset and fuzzy about how you want to handle this. You smelled alcohol on her. Your mind is racing because she was driving. All you know is that one minute you imagined her dead, and now you know she's lying about the phone. And what if she got pulled over by the police? She could have gotten a DWI. She could have killed someone. And you think, who is this girl? This is not clarity. It's a big emotional mess in your brain. And how this comes out is a big fat mother of a venting session, sounding like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you lied. You're never driving again. You've been drinking. How could you do this to me? You could have ruined everything for Rush. Venting all your thoughts and feelings is not clarity, which brings us to the next point. Timing is everything. You need time to get clear. If either of you are emotionally flooded or have been drinking, you are not in your right mind. You are disconnected from that problem-solving part of your brain, and all you got is that reactive part of your brain. So timing is everything. In that example, you first contain the situation, and you wait to talk about the consequences when both of you are calm and you are clear what the consequences are. It feels like you need to lay into them right there, but the opposite is true. You need to calm down and get 100% clarity on how you're going to handle that situation. When you spew, you lose. Here's another practical takeaway. Don't say yes to your teen unless you are 100% clear. Um, A lot of times your teens will call you when you're in the middle of something, like you're in the middle of the grocery store, and they say, Mom, I need to know now. I need to know now. So if she's pressuring you, You have the right to say, I need some more time. If you need an answer now, it's no. Three, dial down the stress by living intentionally instead of reactively. Specifically about how you spend time with your teen and how you think about your teen. Okay, so first let's talk about realistic or unrealistic expectations. Do you have realistic expectations or unrealistic expectations for your teen? You can still have high expectations for your teen, but just don't have unrealistic expectations. Hint, unrealistic expectations create too much stress on you and your teen because they are not realistic. They also bring with them a ton of pressure. You feel pressure and you pass that pressure down to your teen. Research has shown that a little pressure is needed, but when there's too much pressure, it backfires and teens tend to freeze up. I see a lot of girls in my private practice who are having anxiety and panic attacks about their grades, and it hurts their performance. They know the information, and they just bomb the tests. Unrealistic expectations look a lot like having to be perfect in every area of your life. You have to have the perfect teen, and your teen needs to be perfect. At the end of one of my Power Your Parenting programs, I asked, can you share what insights you have gotten from the Power Your Parenting program, and what changes have you seen with you and your teen? And one of the moms said, I've been so much happier, and things have been so much better between me and my teenage daughter since I just adjusted my expectations. With this one tweak, you can decrease a lot of stress. I would encourage you to examine your expectations. Do they need to be adjusted? Two, be intentional about how you think about your teen. How you think about your teen is the deep work of parenting. 
So let me ask you, how do you think about your teen? If I asked you the question, my teen is so fill in the blank, what would you say? However you answer that question is going to show you how you think about your teen. And how you think about your teen determines how you talk and interact and parent your teen and how you feel. If you are not intentional, it's easy to think of your daughter in a negative way. It's easy to label her in a negative way. This is because your teen is hardwired for drama and hardwired for mistakes. There is a maturity gap in teens. Intellectually and physically they are mature, but emotionally they are not. That prefrontal cortex that helps monitor morality, conscience, empathy, emotional regulation, comprehending cause and effect, perspective, and self-awareness is undeveloped. This is a huge reason your daughter gets on your nerves or your son gets on your nerves and you're all mothered out. You don't make the same decisions in high school that you make as an adult. How would your mom have labeled you when you were in high school? What one word would your mom have used to describe you? Let's go back in time. You remember the first day they put your baby in your arms? And you were so amazed at this little miracle, this gift from God, the universe, this new human being. You marveled at every time that baby would master something like, Look, she's kicking, or he grabbed my finger, or he's pulling up. Every time he or she smiled or laughed. Yes, your baby pooped, spit up, cried, but those things didn't define who she was. You expect that. You expect the messy. The messy is part of the mix. That's how you'd think about it. You may find it hard to believe, but your teen is still a miracle and a gift from God in the universe. You can still marvel at where they are progressing and delight in who they are and be grateful for their presence in your life. And there is the messy. There's a lot of metaphorical poop when raising a teen. But again, don't let that messy define how you think about your teen. The worst mistake does not equal who they are. It does not define who they will be. Just like your mistake did not, is not who you are, or define you, or will define you. Here's why it takes intentionality. Human beings have a propensity to only see the negative. And fear is a big stressor. When you combine fear and stress, it screams at us like red flashing lights. The positive's there, but it's very quiet, and can't compete with that loud screaming sirens of negative thoughts and worries. Those worries automatically shape how we think about our teens. You see your daughter sad and crying in a room and you project it into the future. My daughter will never have friends and will die old and lonely. And I will have to support her. If we are not intentional, the negative story wins over the true story. The true story is the blend of lots of facets that make up your teen, including positive and negative traits. If you're not intentional, the negative story will hijack your brain, and that's all you're going to think about all day long. If you have a 100% negative story about your teen, it's just not true. You are believing a lie. It can feel that way, but you're just not seeing the positive. Think of it this way. One of your roles as a mom is that you are a treasure hunter, 
and you are looking for hidden treasure and buried treasure in your teen. Know and believe that there is treasure in your teen. Believe that there are seeds of potential, gifts that haven't been uncovered yet, undiscovered talents. Yes, sometimes it is hidden, but look for the evidence that goodness and positive traits are in your teen and are evolving and emerging, no matter how small. This is good for your teen and for you. Bottom line, if you think negatively about your teen, you are going to be stressed out. One thing that can help is start a gratitude journal for your teen and write down where you see that they are making progress, where you see that they're trying. Three, lastly, you want to be intentional about your time together with your teen. In my TEDx talk, I talk a lot about this. I challenge you to take 15 to 20 minutes a day and take off that monitor hat and just be with your daughter or your son. Let her take the lead. Don't be up to anything except to enjoy her, to be present to her. And this is where the gold is. A year ago, my daughter was about to turn 23. She had gotten a job in L.A. She had friends there that she could room with. And she was so excited about her new adventure. And I was happy for her. But I'd been spoiled because she had been living in Houston and Austin, and I could see her anytime I wanted. And she is one of my most favorite people in the world to hang out with when she's in a good mood. So I knew I was going to miss her terribly. I didn't want my daughter to be driving from Houston to L.A. all by herself. So I decided that I would drive two-thirds of the way with her. We started early, early in the morning, and Texas is a big state, so well, the sun was setting by the time we reached the edge of Texas, and I will never forget this moment. The sky was orange. On both sides of us were these mountain ranges of deep blue mountains and black storms over them, so this beautiful scenery. And then a song came up on Spotify that meant something to both my daughter and I because we had gone to a concert together, and we loved this song. And so we both got really quiet, and then it hit me. My daughter was leaving, and this wave of emotions just flooded all over me. And I think my daughter felt the same way. Oh, gosh, I had so much love for her. I, all the memories flashed through on my mind as a baby, elementary years, our trips together, all those simple moments of laughing with Katie, our schnauzer, Sunday dinner with my parents, movie nights and popcorn, a million trips to Whole Foods. And yes, I thought of the hard seasons, but I remembered how, gosh, I was so grateful that we got through them and we were stronger because of them. And there was this tightness in my chest because I was going to let her go into the unknown. I was grateful that I knew that our connection was built on solid rock. But I knew it was the end, that she was about to cross the line from adolescence to adulthood. But then I realized it wasn't the end. It was the end of one chapter and the beginning of a new one. And that our relationship would get better and better, and we would share new adventures together. And we have. And why do I tell you this? We live in a stressful culture, and you're going to have to be intentional and fight to dial down that stress. 
because if you don't, it will rob you of everything good about the teenage years. So dial down that stress by being kind to yourself. You dial down the stress by dialing down the drama. And you dial down the stress by being intentional and not reactive, especially about how you think about your teen and how you spend that amazing time together. Don't miss this precious time with your teen. Hey, everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best selling and award winning book, Dial Down the Drama. Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.